Hello, welcome to the Apostolic Church International Virginia Central Assembly with our head pastor, Samuel Ampong. We hope you enjoy today's service. May God bless you. To receive your word. This morning, Lord, speak to me, for my heart is ready. Let your word bring understanding and insight. Let your word open my eyes, heal me, and also deliver me. Let your word strengthen me so that I will be able to continue in my relationship with you. Slap it on your chest and say, I love God's word. And take your, your seat in his presence and celebrate him in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. This morning, I am sharing with you on the topic, the burden of the call. The burden of the call. Hallelujah. And it's an extract from the topic we treated last Friday concerning the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Because we mentioned here last Friday that uh, when the Spirit of God baptizes a person, that person do not only speaks in tongues, but the tongue speaking is just a proof that the person has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The sending of the Holy Spirit was not primarily for us to speak in tongues. It is important for every Christian, especially we Pentecostals, we believe in this. In the apostolic church, we believe that it is the first evidence that you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Spirit was not sent primarily for us to speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit baptism is meant to empower us to do the work of God and to live the Christian life. Praise God. So when we say one is baptized in the Holy Spirit, it means that person has received uncommon ability. The word power means ability. And when we're talking about ability, ability comes in different forms. So Paul, in his writing to the church in Corinth, he says, the Spirit gives us several abilities. In other words, several powers. He gives some the ability to heal the sick. Others, ability to speak in diverse tongues. There's a difference between diverse tongues and unknown tongues. Unknown tongues is what we term as tongues that we speak when we are baptized. But some people have also the gift to speak in different languages. There are others also who receive the ability to heal the sick. To speak the word of knowledge and word of wisdom and also to prophesy. These are all evidence that the person is baptized in the Holy Ghost. And it is they are not limited to these few mentioned ones when it comes to the abilities of the spirit. Last Friday I mentioned that there are many, many, many abilities. So once you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there should be some kind of manifestation that you have been baptized. When you are baptized, there should be evidence of ministry. 
evidence of power. Something you do in the church that is very unique. That you can't stop doing it because the source of that thing is the Holy Spirit. It's not just your desire, but it is what the Holy Spirit has planted in you on that day that he what? He baptized you. I mentioned that there are people in the church who give like something. And if you look at the way they give, it's not that they have billions, but that is what they have received. They have received the power to give so that the church of God can stand and fulfill a mission here on earth. There are people who have received the power to keep the house of God clean. And they do it willingly that as if they have nothing more to do. They can't say it without making sure the house of God is neat. It's not normal. Why everybody in the church is not willing to do that? But this person or that, those, these few people are so much committed, nobody pays them. And when they fail to do it, they cannot have their peace. It's an anointing upon their lives. So the anointing that the Holy Ghost brings different. Some, they receive the power to minister in songs like we are seeing our people doing. Even some receive the power to play instruments in the Bible. Bible says, David was anointed on the harp. People place their harp, okay, the string instrument, but when they play, nothing happens. But when Saul was possessed with a demon, the Bible said that they were looking for somebody who was very skillful on the harp. And they brought David. And the Bible says, the spirit of God was upon David. So when David takes the instruments and begins to play, demons flee. Because it wasn't an ordinary, thing. it was the empowerment of God. Hallelujah. You remember in the Old Testament when God called Moses and Moses was leading the people out of Egypt, he got to a place where God said he wants Moses to build a tent of meeting where God would descend on earth and meet Moses and tell Moses what Israel should be doing and how they should behave themselves. So God said, build a tent for me, which we normally call as what? The ark, praise God. And God told him that I want you to build according to specification. Which means God gave the dimensions of the tent. He prescribed the materials Moses should use. And after Moses getting the whole information, then he realized that the people are not used to all these things. They've never used these things before. Nobody has abilities to do all things. Because the church is not only dealing with spiritual things. The church is dealing with all kinds of things in the life of the believer and in the world. So you need to know this. And when the Holy Spirit brings and comes upon you and baptizes you and he gives you such ability, there is something that ability creates. It is called burden. Burden. Now, when it comes to burden, in a normal sense, burden is considered to be negative. In fact, when you read the Old Testament, what the Old Testament says about burden is not good. When we say somebody is burdened, it means that there is a problem in that person's life. It means there is an unbearable situation. When something is so heavy on you that you can't control, it's called burden. So it was more of a negative sense. But when you come into the New Testament, it 
project something different concerning what we see in the Old Testament. Of course, in the New Testament, you will see this term used in some situation as a negative sense, but in other situation as what? As a concern. It means the person has a greater concern about something very important. So, by definition, it's a burden is something that is carried such as load. Now, when it becomes load, that is why it's negative. When burden is considered as a load, it, it is something that weighs you down. But it is also not, it's also what a duty. When you say burden, we're talking about duty. Your duty as a child of God or your responsibility. Now, if you look at it in the light of responsibility, then it means that whatever God has called you into comes with responsibility. And that responsibility must be taken seriously. It must become a concern and a care in your life that you have no rest until what God has called you into is accomplished. And as a Christian, you must have a burden. Every Christian must have a burden for God. We see that when we're talking about the heartbeat of God, we are talking about what burdens God. When one side of the church is not doing well and you have a burden for that particular side, you can't rest. You can't rest because you know that something is going down here, but you have a burden. There are people, when they see people perishing, they, be, they become burdensome, okay? And because it is a kingdom responsibility that you can't sit to see people dying in their sins. It gives you what we call restless life. They go to bed, they will not be able to sleep. They sit, they can't do anything because something has consumed, burden has, the burden consumes you. It takes away every other thing from your life and it fills every hole in your life. It becomes the de facto, what determines your life daily. This morning, what burdens you? What burden are you carrying for God? As a Christian, do you know Christianity comes with responsibilities? Christianity is not just coming to receive, but it is coming to receive and also accept the divine call. And once you accept the call, it demands that you honor the call. And that is the responsibility. You can't accept to be a leader in the church and not taking up the responsibility. Is a disgrace and a disadvantage to you. And that is more dangerous. You become like the gentleman who received the talent, the one talent, and he went and dug and hid it. He didn't work with it. The Bible says when the master comes, he will not be kind with you. Because you accepted it, but you rejected the responsibility. Every Christian is responsible for something in the kingdom of God. But the question this morning I'm asking all of us is that what is your responsibility? What are you committed to? What concerns you in the body of Christ? It's important. Beloved, as a church, if we don't consider soul winning as a burden, we will not win souls. We will not be committed to it. If leadership is not seeing soul winning as a burden, if the members we lead, if we don't see it as a divine burden, and always keeping awake 
to pray for them, to see looking for them, searching for them, making sure that they are fed and they are taken care of and their problems are taken care of, encouraging and strengthening them, the members will go nowhere. But leadership must have that burden. If that burden is not, leaders will just be position. And there will not be a benefit to the congregation. Ever since you became a leader, do you have a burden for the church? I want to read some few scriptures here. In Matthew chapter number 11, Matthew chapter number 11, verse 28 to 30, it said, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Now, this burden Jesus is talking about is the burden the devil has placed on people. The problems that are weighing them down. One of the things that burden does is that it takes your freedom. It fills your life and it weakens you and it becomes the authority over you. That is why when somebody is burdened with something, it doesn't matter how you insult him. It doesn't matter what you do to him. Because it is not about him. It's about the burden he or she carries. In the same way, when the devil places a burden on you, which is to destroy your life, it takes over your life. It makes you restless. It makes you confused. And it takes away every joy from your life. Because the enemy has placed a load on you. So Jesus is saying here, that come to me. All those with such problems that the devil has placed bad things on you. And they are weighing you down. Come to me. Now, listen to this carefully. Because I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying. Because I want to bring your attention to something in this scripture. For you to know that you cannot live without a burden. You cannot. But what is important is the kind of burden you are carrying. Determines the outcome. So, as much as Jesus here is calling that all those with what heavy burden come to me and I will give you rest listen to what he said he said take my look upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light which means when Jesus take you out from the burden the enemy has placed on you he also places a burden on you but the good news is that his burden, he gives you the power to carry it. So it becomes lighter. But the devil's burden, he doesn't have the power, but he enslaves you with that burden. But Jesus, when he places a burden on you, the burden does not enslaves you, but rather leads you to accomplish great heights in life and in the kingdom. That's why Jesus come. I will give you a better burden. Because in life, you must have a burden. Well, so if you don't have a burden, you see, let me tell you something. One of the things that propel and encourages people to achieve great things in life is burden. Burden in a good sense is like a motivation. Something that motivates you to achieve great things in life. So if you don't have, when we see somebody, I mean, sacrificing everything for something he wants to achieve, he wants to achieve in life, it means that thing has become what? A burden. 
But you see Christians who just would jump into cars and be preaching. But you see people who go to places and preaching the gospel. Sometimes you look at them and say, how are they able to do this? Even sometimes you will find them in places where you yourself, you are not comfortable for them. But they are not worried about that. The reason is that something is moving them. The baptism that they receive has placed on them that power which has generated that burden in their lives. You say you're a prayer warrior. That word, I don't like that word warrior. I'm telling you the truth. I don't like it. So when, I don't like when a Christian uses that term prayer warrior. I believe prayer ministry or a prayer team member. But a prayer warrior, what, what are you worrying? Praise God. I'm not discouraging you anyway. But you say you're a prayer warrior. What, what makes you a warrior? It means you have a burden for the church. You cannot be a prayer warrior and the whole two, three days you've not prayed for the church. And you say you're a prayer warrior in the church. What kind of warrior are you? It's just that you see people, there are people like that. When they see people doing something, they get enthused about it and they just follow the flow. But when they get in and they see the demand, then they begin to retreat. They don't have that grace. That anointing is not on them. But they, you see, one of the things about anointing is that it attracts. When you see somebody operating under the anointing and the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit by manifesting a particular ability and it is producing results, it, it makes it very, very what? Enticing that you want to be like that. That is why in Christendom, people want to be like that pastor. I want to be like this. I want to be, this is my mentor. Because those people are exhibiting something very unique in a set, at a certain level that you desire to be there. But let me tell you, as you see them exhibiting such quality and such excellence, it is not something that happened on a silver platter. It is because it was a burden on them. Sometimes the burden takes you through the fire. It denies you of your sleep. When you see people who stands and they pray and things happen. Beloved, let me tell you, most of the time, they are denied of their sleep. If you see people manifesting the giftings of the spirit at a higher level, many a times it denies them of eating. It does not happen. That is what the burden does. The burden takes your freedom and commissions you into real responsibility. So Jesus said, come to me. I want you to listen to what Jesus said here. In Luke chapter number 12, the verse number 49 to 51. Luke chapter 12. It says, I have come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. Listen to, this is Jesus' own words. I use the term, his own rendition. So these are things Jesus himself is saying. He said, I have come to set the world on fire. And I wish it were already burning. He says, I have a terrible baptism of suffering. Now, Jesus is talking about baptism here. It is called the baptism of suffering. It is the ability to suffer. When you say baptism, it means the ability 
ability. There is some level of, there is some ability that I'm about to receive. There is some power that I'm about to receive. And this power, this ability will enable me to suffer. Praise God. Beloved, if you don't have the grace to suffer a particular suffering, you can't stand it. When you see people going through certain situations that you yourself can consider as something terrible, but yet they are able to go through, it is not something they do by their own strength. It is the, the power of God that is on them. And Jesus said, that is what I'm about to experience. And listen to what he says. And I am under a heavy burden. So what makes me ready to receive this responsibility and go through is the burden. Because he is under heavy burden. He says until it is what? Accomplished. That is what burden does. Burden will not leave you until the thing is what? Accomplished. This morning, I pray for somebody here that the Lord will place a burden on your heart. And that burden will be a burden that will bring elevation to others. It will cause you to become an impact maker. You will be more impactful. You will be a transformer of life that everything you stand to do, it will bring glory to God and it will be a beneficial to men. May that burden be laid on you. May you receive the grace to be able to carry that responsibility wherever you go so that many will come into the light. Many will come to know Jesus. Many will come to accomplish what God has destined them to be. There are some you carry the burden of encouragement and motivation. That you speak to people and they are energized. And they get up on their feet. And they begin to do things in such a way that if you see them, you say, wow, what has happened to this person? Because somebody carrying a particular anointing came into the person's life. And he spoke. Because the word that he was speaking wasn't just an ordinary word. It was words that are empowered by the burden and anointing. When a man, a woman is under the influence of the Holy Spirit and he's speaking. Jesus saying the way that the person speaks, they are not just words, but they are what? Life. So when we stand and we are speaking under the influence of the Spirit, what we are transferring is the spirit of God. It's the spirit of life. So even though you come in wretched and confused and disturbed and hopeless, you leave the service with hope. Some come in dead in the spirit, but they leave the service alive because something of God has been transferred into them. May you receive that portion today. May this atmosphere created for us by the Holy Spirit be a beneficiary to your life. Be a beneficiary to your soul. Be a beneficiary to your family. May it bring a divine turn around and a change that seems impossible that God will throw a light on you and when that light finds you, every eye will turn to you because every eye is looking for the light and the light of God will be spotted in your life. Jesus saying, I have a burden. I want you to have a burden. Pray for God to give you a burden. Let me, that, that is one of the things that Aposa stands for. Aposa, many people misconstrue 
what Aposa is all about. Aposa is not like witness movement. Aposa is not like women's movement. Aposa is not like men's movement. Aposa is a group of people. That is why you can be men's movement member. Because men's movement is not your decision. It's the church's decision. Men's movement, youth ministry, women's ministry in the church, you don't decide to join. We decide for you to join. Once you are in the church and you are a woman, automatically you are in women's ministry. So if you are in the church and you are a woman and don't attend women's ministry, you are sinning. <coughs> Praise the Lord. It is not whether you like it or not. Because as a woman in the apostolic church, you have to be part of women's what? Ministry. As a man in the apostolic church, you have to be part of what? Men's ministry. As a youth in the apostolic church, you have to be part of the youth ministry. As a child in the apostolic church, you have to be in the children's ministry. But when it comes to Aposa, it's not like that. Aposa came as a result of God placing burden on some young people when the church was in the state where many things were going wrong and God placed a burden that holiness and prayerfulness should be enacted in the church. People who will stand for holiness, there will be an epitome of holiness that their life and their language will not contradict each other. And when they stand, they reveal the true nature of God. So anybody who gets this burden joins the group. So if you don't have a burden to see God's manifestation in the church as a result of holiness, you're not part of Aposa. But now Aposa has become a group. People join and they go there and all that they are doing is this. They, are, they, they jump, 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 jump and they go. And recently, during the last years, Aposa come meeting, the president was very, very serious on this. That Aposa is losing its essence. Because many of the members of Aposa, they've lost sight on the main and the core direction which prompted the heavens to release this and baptism upon some people in the church had they come together and pray and live in holiness and infect others with holiness and righteous living. This morning, what is God laying on your heart? What thing are you ready to go through the ordeal just for God's glory to be revealed? We see, you'll be surprised to know why Jesus is able to go to the cross. Look at the things Jesus went through. The, 20, the, the last 24 hours of his life, the Bible called it, he went through a lot of agony. He was tortured, torturing. Bible says he was, the Bible used the term, he said he was disfigured. Disfigured. They treated him like animal. But yet, he did not utter a word. He did not insult. Yet, he was able to what? Bear the pain. They took him to Gogota. They laid him on the cross. They stretched his hand here. They nailed it. They pierced the nail through down to the wood. Then after that, they stretched this one. And then they nailed it. Pierced it to the wood. Then they 
pulled his legs. Yet he endured. He endured the death, even the death of the cross. Remember, he said, "There is a baptism. There is, there is, there, there is, there is ability that I have received to endure suffering, so that I produce results that will bring joy and happiness to my Father." What are you ready to suffer for, Christ? Have you ever sensed that there is a burden on your heart? Do you ever sit down to ask yourself, what is your burden for the kingdom of God to strive and achieve a purpose on in life? I want to bring your attention to one man, then we enter into prayer. Please, we will spend 15 minutes to pray, so I have seven minutes to finish this sermon. In Acts chapter number 15, when you read verse number 28 to 29. Listen. It says, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. So here, the church, one time, Paul and some delegates went to Jerusalem concerning some confusion that strike the church and where Paul at that time was ministering. So it became necessary for them to go to the apostles to confirm from them whether the things that they are talking about and the things that we emphasize on, whether it's okay, because especially when it comes to circumcision, there was a serious confusion between the Jewish believers in the diaspora and the Gentiles who have believed in the gospel. The Jews were saying that even though you are not Jews, you have to be circumcised. And then Paul was preaching that circumcision is not part of what Christ presented to us. When you believe in Christ, you don't need to be circumcised by maybe circumcising your, your, what do you call them, your manhood as a man. But the circumcision that we believe in is the circumcision of the heart. That one, every Christian must circumcise your heart. Now, listen to this carefully. Because Paul, the church, the leadership in Jerusalem was saying, says, when they presented the whole case, they says, it, it, it seemed good to us, not to, to, uh, to the Holy Spirit and to us, to lay no greater burden on you than this few. In other words, there are this few, what? Burdens. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to lay so much burdens on you than that which is important. So there are certain burdens that are required. As a Christian, there is some kind, there are, not there is only, but there are certain burdens that you must have. In the church, there are certain things that must be a concern to you. If you are Christian and nothing seems concerned to you, all that concerns you is your life. Something is wrong. You are not concerned about other people's progress. You are not concerned about other people's freedom. You are not concerned about the church working in holiness. You are not concerned when leaders are leading the church wayward. When you are saying not concerned, when behavior of some people in the church is causing the church to be this. To bring the church into a disrepute. That's what I want to say. You are not concerned. I don't care. No, then you are not. You don't care about your father's business. The one who died to save you, you don't care about what concerns him. No, you must care. You don't care the person that Jesus came to die to save and the person is perishing. You don't care. You care. You have to care. If you are there and you don't care, you've not received the baptism. 
Maybe you may be speaking in tongues than any other person in the church. But that tongue speaking is questionable. And let me tell you, if you have received the baptism and the only thing that you do is to speak in tongues and nothing moves you in the church apart from speaking in tongues, beloved, I can tell you for sure that you are not baptized. You are saying something that you do not understand. Because the purpose of the baptism is not to speak in tongues alone because the tongue is evidence. But there is a practical evidence which you just call it as well, ability or power to witness. So when they receive the Holy Ghost, after speaking in tongues, the first thing Peter, who couldn't stand before people, stood on his grounds and he preached the gospel. And that day, over 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. That is what we call baptism. There is uncommon ability that came upon him to stand and to speak. And 3,000 men were convicted, convinced, and converted. Wow. The next few days after, he stood and he preached, and 5,000 men. Jesus couldn't reach out to such number. No way Jesus preached and 3,000 people came to believe in him. Praise God. Jesus said, that when, when the same spirit comes upon you, the very things I do, you will do also, and even greater things than this. So I want you to say, you must abstain from eating food offered to idols. He said, this one is a good burden. You see, there are burdens that God plays on us, not to destroy, but to build us. When the Bible says, do not fornicate, it's a burden. Imagine you are a single person. The body is natural. And you are there. The tendency for you to respond is high. But when you know that there is a burden place on me, even though the body desire, you kill it. You stay. You remain faithful. It's a this is a burden that projects you and brings you before God. And the Bible says, is there any man who is diligent in what he has been called to do? He said, he will not serve before mere men, but he will serve before nobles and kings. When you are able to stand, when Jesus stood on his ground and he suffered the suffering, the Bible says, he now received the name that is above every name. That in his name, every name bow and every tongue confers that he is Lord. Now, the Bible said the father has entrusted judgment into the hands of the father. So the father judges no one. It is the son that judges. Why? That is what burden does. Burden is able to bring you to a place of glory and notification. It brings you to a place where men will applaud you. Because before you receive the applaud, you must first experience the pain. Before you receive the honor, you must first go through the drill. That is what burden does. It takes you through the bottomless pit, but it does not leave you there. It lifts you to the highest peak where you become a spectacle for all to see. I pray for somebody today that you will receive that grace. I want to read last scripture and then we pray. Oh, my time is due. But just reading it and listening. Second Corinthians, write it down. This is what Paul said. It is one of my greatest motivation on this subject. It says, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 29. It says, listen, it says, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman when it comes to servants. I work like something. But I have served him for mo far more 
I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Continue. It says that five different times the Jews leaders gave me 39 lashes, five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day drift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities and in the desert and on the air and the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and I have often gone without food. It's not about fasting, but I needed to eat, but no food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, I like this part. Then, besides all these, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. motivation for him to keep going even though he suffers is the burden. I have daily burden of concern for all the churches who is weak without my feeling that weakness. Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger. The burden. So when you read about Paul and you are amazed about his ministry. It's not. It's the baptism he received. Which placed that burden. And the burden became. The driving force. Beloved let me tell you. You have a destiny. But until you see that destiny. As a burden to accomplish. You will not rise. Let the destiny. Be a burden. Rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. Thank you for listening to the Apostolic Church International Virginia Central Assembly. If you have a prayer request, here is our pastor's number, 8572473209. Our location is 8002 Hot Court, Springfield, Virginia, 22150.